Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. And let me tell you something, folks. We are going to take ourselves out of 2020 with the biggest bang possible because I have on the line, okay, this was a tough interview to get, very busy, a big timer here in our own right. I have on the line the brand new Mission Pro Wrestling World Champion, we're talking about none other than La Rosa Negra. How are you, La Rosa? Thank you. How are you, Duke? Thank you for inviting me to the interview. It, it is an absolute pleasure and an honor to have you on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. And I see here that you've brought along uh, your, your advocate, your manager, your spokesperson yes. here. Yes. Talk yes. to me about this guy right here, Mr. Albert A.C. Smooth. What's going on there, Albert? What's going on? Uh, again, my name is Albert A.C. Smooth. It's an absolute privilege to be here. Uh, I happily and consider it sincere privilege to be able to represent one of the greatest professional wrestlers on the planet. This young lady has been through hell and back and is now getting the recognition that she deserves. Uh, Duke, I just want to send some love to your podcast. I was listening to it. You are a phenomenal interviewer. And again, it is a true privilege to be here with you and Marosa Negra. I appreciate the uh, kind words there, Albert, and your check is in the mail because... Times are hard, man. Yeah, times are hard. Times are hard. (laughs) La Rosa, congratulations on winning the Mission Pro Wrestling World Championship. Talk to me about that. How does it feel to to win such a prestigious honor? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. That feel phenomenal. Feel awesome. Feel like a part away of this planet, though. Right now, for me, it's an honor having this championship in my ways. Mission Pro Wrestling is going to have La Rosa for a long, long time. And I know the fans will like it. So check it out in Mission Pro Wrestling. Guys, please go ahead. Check it out in Mission Pro Wrestling. What's going on with La Rosa Negra and the other girls? That's right. That's right. And I got to tell you, one of the things I really appreciate about you, uh, La Rosa, and, and Albert, you can back me up on this one. It's really interesting to watch you come to the ring because you have so much energy. There's so much excitement. You're dancing. You're having a good time. But then when the bell rings, you're vicious in there. You're just beating the hell out of whoever's in the ring with you. So, so talk to me about that. What's up with these two sides here? And, and I'm going to ask Albert in a second, too, if he's felt those yeah, two sides please. personally. Es que eso me hace sentir como una energía, tú sabes, bien intensa. So she's basically saying that uh, when the music hits, there is an energy that is so intense. And that's how she expresses it. Exactly. And when I'm really go to the, you know, on the way to the ring, Duke, I'm thinking like, okay, so this is the time. And then the dance is like a warm up, you know, like the the warm up. It's like when I get, oh, como se dice that, 
that passion back before going to the ring, you know, thinking in my opponent, thinking in my movement, thinking what I'm going to kick this her ass, you know, <laughs> thinking everything, thinking, you know, if she's doing this, if she's doing that, then and then and then and thinking about the victory. That's the first thing. Like you need to win, you need to win. During my dancing and my trekking, when I'm trekking, it's like, ah, need to win, you know. <laughs> so when I get in the ring, so and the ring bell sound is a big transformation to a serious spot, okay? Because that is the time to figure out what to do to get that victory with you. So, y ahí es cuando yo me transformo <laughs> y viene esa Black Rose a partir cara. I'll kind, of, I'll kind of explain that from my perspective and just as a wrestling fan, just to give an idea from the fan's perspective, La Rosa Negra, she uses her dance as most professional wrestlers do. That's the first thing that the fans get to see. That's the first moment that you're exposed to this professional wrestler. So she takes full advantage. She creates an entire performance in her mind. Yeah. She's basically attacking the professional wrestler that she's going to be facing before even getting to the ring. Of so course. there is a serious transformation because A, uh, La Rosa Negra loves the fans and respects the fans, and they love her as well. So it's a connection between her and them as well, at least from what I see. And then once if they don't like rings... it, if they don't like it, I don't care. Also, <laughs> tell that shit too. <laughs> I'm coming wow. to work. Yeah. You hear that? If you don't like it, she don't care. And I just want to point something out, folks. This is an audio show, but La Rosa Negra is over there dancing, and, and Albert is just shaking his head because he knows, you know, she's getting loose. So she might actually beat him up at the end of this interview. You oh, never know. Enough. Hopefully it's not. Enough. Enough. He would get fired. That's right. I get fired. <laughs> I, <laughs> once, once that bell rings, though, uh, all the fun, all the, all the excitement, all of that just turns to intensity. La Busadora is a name that she earned because that's exactly what she does to her opponents. The minute the bell rings, it's abuse until that bell rings again and her hand is raised. So to go from that energy of dancing, it just translates into what you guys get to see in the ring is as the abusador. You know, you just described it perfectly because that's exactly it. La Brusadora, the, the abuser. You absolutely abuse people in that ring. And I know everybody wants to know, La Rosa, what's going on with this Maddie Winkowski? Because she's been talking a lot of trash about you all over the place, saying that she's going to take that Mission Pro Wrestling what? Championship away from you. What's Excuse going on me? with you and her? Oh, no, 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 espérate, 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 dame un brequecito ahí. Párame tú ahí. Duke, you did it. Uh-oh, okay. <laughs> uh-oh. Uh All right, Duke. I don't know if I say Duke or Duke, but it's Duke. <laughs> We came in. Duke, let me tell you this. Maddie has some problems with her, and I told this her to, to her before. Maddie, you need to fix your problem beside your other matches. Because if somebody cheating in your match, that wasn't me, you know, that wasn't me. When that match happens, I do what I need to do to get the victory. And the, my victory right now is in my waist. If she trying to get it, la va a pasar bien mal, pero super mal. And if she has problem with the other girl, Jasmine, she need to figure it out. Girl, figure out your problems, Maddie. Because these girls who are here, La Rosa Negra, the abuser, will do whatever I need to do to keep that champion belt in my way. Yes or no is yes, Albert. That yes. is 100%. Yes. Exactly. 100%. 
Yes. And if she want to challenge me again, Duke, for that reason, I'm here and I'm the champion. I'm not fear about nobody here. And if she want to challenge me, for that reason, I got the belt. Because I love, with all my heart, defend this title versus her. Because I know what's who really hit her in the head. And you know what, Duke? Maddie don't have friends. For that reason, she gets hit. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, just, I just take the advantage. Look, okay, Duke, you are on the ring, and then if you have the advantage to one, you will do it? Yes. So, Maddie, I'm so sorry, girl, but I'm going with all my stuff. If you want to do it, do it, girl. I will be there. February 6th. You just heard yeah, right there from the Mission Pro Wrestling World Champion who just, this is breaking news, Maddie Rinkowski has no friends, and that's why she's always getting beat up. Oh, my goodness. Albert, you, you didn't warn me that this was going to happen. We're going to get breaking news here, brother. Here's, here's the thing, man. And, Duke, this is specifically for your podcast because we respect it and we admire what you do. We'll give you the exclusive. It's not a big deal. The, the, it's plain and simple. When yeah. it comes to La Rosa yeah. Negra, uh -huh. if you want a chance at the title – Come on through. But just remember, at the end of the day, she is la abusadora. She will abuse you from bell to bell, and she'll take you to your limits. And that's as plain and sí, simple as she can do. Dile que ese pelo que ella tiene, bastante lindo que está, para utilizarlo, para dejarle so saber she, y hacerle sentir en esa cabeza el poder so que tengo. Even though the hair that she has on her beautiful head is gorgeous, it's stunning, it catches eyes, she has absolutely no issue grabbing that head by those hairs and ripping out each and every one of them individually if she has to, because exactly. of the fact that she will do whatever is necessary to continue being the Mission Pro heavyweight, our women's champion. Thank you, Arbor. Wow. Wow. I'm telling you right now, La Rosa Negra is not playing around, folks. The music isn't playing right now. She's getting real serious. You better watch yourself uh, out there, Maddie Winkowski and everybody else, that's for sure. You know, yeah, I, everybody else and everybody else, whoever, Duke, I'm ready for whoever. Albert, dile a Duke que yo estoy lista para cualquier contendiente al campeonato. Que yo estoy completamente segura a lo que yo voy a Misión Pro Wrestling. Duke, it's plain and simple. What she just explained is that she will take on any and all contenders. This isn't going to be a champion who hides. This is not going to be a champion that's going to be hard to find. If you want to challenge her, step up. But just remember that she's champion for a reason. And she'll take on anybody at any time in any place because she knows that she will not lose. You know, I, I will say this. I, I've been following your career for a while, uh, Lorosa, And, you know, Albert, you can back me up on this. Please. You have a fantastic reputation for being somebody who will be respected. And if you're disrespected, you will deal with the problem right then and there. Oh, um, th yes. There, there is a, a pretty well-documented incident that happened uh, about three years ago on a uh, tour in Japan. Yeah. And, you know, the story is, and, I, and I'm going to ask you directly to, for clarification, but the story is uh, another wrestler, Tessa Blanchard, she called you a bunch of derogatory names, including the N-word. She spit on you. There was an altercation, all kinds of craziness and what have you. Um, yeah. And, you know, since then, she's claimed that it's not true and it's all made up and all this crap. So I'm going to ask you directly once and for all here, 
Rosa Negra, and we have Albert here as our witness. We have our listeners as our witness. Did these things happen to you? Where did Tessa Blanchard call you derogatory names and spit on you? What the hell happened? Mira, eso es verdad. La historia que se dijo en Twitter es real, Albert. So the story that you guys have read on Twitter, all of that is 100% true. 100% true. Okay, first of all, and I don't know why she does that. I didn't have problem with her before this accident happened. Not like that, you know, no, no. She was a person who really do not control herself when she acting like ignorante, como una niña, you know? Very ignorant and childish. Yes, so when she spit my face before she insult me and told me n words and more stuff because not what just the n word also you know what the problem wasn't like she spit my face or whatever word she told me the problem here was like in 2017 april ella you know like she she took the so plate. She took, of, she took a plate of food away from somebody. You know, and that is not fair because we we went to Japan for experience for some reason, you know. And in my way, I went to Japan to demonstrate them. I can do a lot of stuff because I have a lot of talent to show them, you know. Japan was my my uh, my dream. I was I was living my dream. And she really lo descabronó. What I'm saying, like she. So, so basically, what she's saying is, is she took the the plate of food from her in the sense that she took that opportunity, she took that chance. And in the world of professional wrestling, Duke, you probably already know this, but in the world of professional wrestling, if a wrestler can't wrestle, they can't feed their own families. So, to to take that opportunity away from her, it's basically taking a plate of food right from her mouth. Yeah, and the form, like she took it, was intense. Because not just with me, she got a bad attitude. She got too many ego, ego. And um, <laughs> the first thing, like, I really <laughs> make me laugh in that moment is like, oh, before I say that, um, we live in like a five girls. Because that, esto no sucedió en un show. Esto no sucedió en un show. Esto sucedió en el apartamento. So this didn't actually happen at a show. This actually happened at the apartment that the company was actually paying for and giving them to, to live in. I just telling you that because some uh, some people by messenger, my messenger just tell me weird shit. And that this not happen in a show, guys. That happened in a real life, in, in a real apartment where we stay in. I don't need to lie about something like that. I don't need to take advantage of this because that is not a good situation for take advantage for nothing and um when somebody says something about this situation this year in i think that was january or march i don't remember what what uh, when this came out but i know what this year in the beginning she still denied it so when she still denied it that is the point when i'm saying like i never talk about it but yo quiero ahora hacerlo you know? Yeah, it's just it, it's one of those things where that was the, the the straw that broke the camel's back, I guess you could say, is the fact that it's there's no acknowledgement, there's no apology. It happened. 
regardless of what everybody thinks or what everybody says, mm -hmm. this instance happened. And the fact that she's not uh, acknowledging it, that's why Rosa's broken her silence on the incident in general. She's not looking for fame. Rosa's not looking for a payday. She's not looking for anything because there's really no advantage in this. So it was a bad situation. But what La Rosa Negra is looking for here is just an acknowledgement. That's all it is. At the end of the day, a simple, hey, this is what happened, I think would settle this beyond anything else. When the incident happened, some mutual friends of ours actually reached out to me um, because they knew this would be a safe place for you to come on and talk about it if you wanted to talk about it. And, yeah. and you and I, LaRosa, we actually spoke briefly about it. And you said to me directly, you said, you know what? I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to cause any problems. Yeah. I don't want to, you know what I mean? This is, this is not a good situation. I don't, it's, I just, I just want to forget about it. I want to leave it alone. And that's exactly what you did for a number of years. So I can, I can vouch yeah. for that. You, yeah. you were not trying to shop this around or sell it or benefit from mm -hmm. it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Just like when that thing's coming out, let me tell you, I receive a lot of text message with other wrestlers, like they felt what I feel in Japan. They felt what I, uh, what I felt in Japan because they, como se dice, ellos también, ellos también fueron insultados por ella. The reason that uh, she had so much support and people believing in, in La Rosa Negra is because they were also insulted by what happened. They were there, they witnessed it. They also felt what she felt, which basically gave her a lot of support in the locker room. But at the same time, it doesn't really help at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, but whatever. Um, I just want to be in the shoes of these girls and talking about it and say, okay, look, whatever happened to me in 2017 in Japan, I was done with it after that night. Why? Because I did whatever I did to done it and to make her respect me. When she spit my face, I just, <laughs> what do you think I did? <laughs> you know, mm. I will react. I think like almost the 85% of the people can react about it. And if I punch her face, what? Because she disrespect me completely and she crossed the line and I can't let nobody spit my face like that. And also this is really funny because how her life running right now is around Latinos. And I remember when I was speaking Spanish with this Mexican girl at the apartment and she shut up us because we was speaking Spanish and she shut up us because she did not understand what we're saying, you know? And that was the most thing make me laugh right now. I want to know now why she did that thing in 2017, you know? Some people say, ah, oh, but why you say this now, blah, 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 because she denied it. She still denied it. Somebody told me, Rosa, she grows. She grows, she know what the problems. I said, okay, me too. That's not what my fault is that things came out. That was her fault, her attitude, her shit, what she got. What happened with her? I don't know. What happened by her mind? I don't know. But she knows how she insult me. She knows she spit my face. And she knows what she does before. Now, if she still deny it, it's because she doesn't grow yet. She needs more experience. You know, because people who really are, como se dice, madurar, maduro. Mature, yeah. mature, yeah. Mature, exactly. yes. When somebody uh -oh. is mature, they really... <laughs> You know, they really put the feet in 
at the ground, you know what I mean? And they say, yes, I did, I'm sorry, or something, whatever, you know? But she is like, she still denied whatever she does. And about me and other girls and blah, 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 you know, Albert. So, so Duke, I want to jump in here. And, and my purpose here was to help translate and to kind of help when she gets kind of passionate in her thoughts and things like that. But I also want to speak on her character because I have been in those locker rooms. I have seen the respect that they give this, this young lady. And, you know, you said it earlier. She's not looking for a payday. She's not looking to sell this to the highest bidder as a story to get fame and all that fun stuff. At oh. this moment in time, it's something that Rosa stands for through her entire career, and that's respect. At the end of the day, it's about respect. And if you don't have it, that means you don't really kind of belong in this business. Duke, you've probably experienced this yourself. Professional wrestlers, once you have their respect, you're family, you know? And we take that family very seriously. I take Rosa as my blood. We're not related, but she's my sister. And, you know, and, and all the women in that locker room feel the exact same way. So for her to be able to, or for her to speak out, it should show how extreme this issue actually is, how much it's actually affected her as a person, because A, yeah. she's proud and she should affect be. Affect me, affect my family, affect my daughter, affect my pocket, affect my life. But you know what, Albert? I'm passed away, Duke. I'm passed yeah. away. Why? Because we need to think about future. I can't stop just because she wants to me put the feet in my face and put me down. I would not let her do that. You know, I'm, she made me grow more than I was. So right now, I just want to tell you, I don't want to talk about her. Yeah, fuck her yeah, already. So I'm done with that. You know, so if she want to steal like that, it's okay. Bye. And um, I hope you're doing well. Uh, wishes, the best wishes for you. But I don't need her in my life. And I hope she, you know, she going with her life. And in the future, maybe God give her uh, illuminated and she will change her mind, you know? And I don't hate nobody at this point because after that night, I'm just like, let it go, forgive her. That does, if I forgive her, that doesn't mean I'm forgive whatever happened before. What I say forgive is like, you know, forgive. Like for me, she don't exist. A mí no me gustan los problemas. Yo soy una chica bien cool, bien llevadera, you know? So at the end of the day, Duke, really, honestly, the reason that she's even doing this interview for you is to, to let it rest. It's just one of those things that everybody's talking about. Everybody's got different perspectives. Everybody's got different angles. You're hearing it from the source. But at the same time, at the end of this interview is where this story stays. She's done with it. She's grown from it. She's forgiven Tessa. Now it's time for Tessa to kind of grow up and mature, acknowledge what happened, and possibly even apologize. Something like that would be phenomenal. But at the end of the day, La Rosa Negra has moved on from that moment. She's healed from that moment. It's in the past. So this is probably the very last time that she's going to talk about it. I appreciate the fact that you've come on the show yeah. to, to set the record straight once and for all. And I'm going to tell you this on behalf of the fans. We have watched what's happened to you. Um, opportunities that you absolutely should have gotten. You should be on TV every week, Lorosa Negra, because you Thank are that you damn good. You are that damn great. You are as talented as any woman wrestler, oh. as any wrestler in the world today that we watch on TV on a you weekly basis. You made me blush all the time. And, well, it's true. And, and I think that it's, it's terrible that because of politics and because of bull crap, because people have big names, 
it has gotten in the way of your opportunity in the short term, but you have shown the world that if you stay true to yourself, you keep your belief in God, you stay a good person, it will work out in the end. And that's why you can stand in front of everybody today, the Mission Pro Wrestling Women's Champion, one of the hottest promotions in the world today, and everybody still wants to know what's up with La Rosa Negra. So we appreciate you so much. So much. Thank you so much. And also, let me tell you, Duke, I want to take some minutes to tell all my fans, um, I want to apologize to everybody in all my social pages and everybody to follow me. I want to apologize because I didn't say nothing 2017, all right? But it's because I'm not a drama queen. I'm not a drama queen, you know? And um, I just want to respect companies i want to respect um wrestler who was there you know too because we we was more Besides. wrestlers at the at the apartment i want to apologize to that wrestler too because i can't take the control after she spit my face that was really terrible for me but whatever um i just want to apologize and because i say nothing and i want to apologize to other wrestler like I, I just be quiet for a long time but that doesn't mean uh, because I doesn't care. That was mean, like I, I was concerned. I was a little bit depressed about losing job, about losing, you know, things what I need, like losing my passion for the, for the business, you know? But now nobody will stop me. Nothing situation like that or whatever situations happen, um, I learned just thinking in the solution, not thinking of the problem. You know what I mean? That, that what I'm doing all these three years, like I was um, in Puerto Rico because I was in Puerto Rico after 2018. I was, I, I, I'm, I'm here in Puerto Rico without wrestling, just I'm a personal trainer. Um, checking my daughter, her second year of college and um, working now with Mission Pro Wrestling because they gave me opportunity. Also, Duke, um, I want to tell you, after that things happen, I get a little bit depression. But who saved me first before Mission Pro Wrestling, and I want to be clear, was this girl, she's a wrestler, her name is Renee Michelle. You know Renee Michelle? Oh, yes, Renee Michelle. She's fantastic. She's fantastic. Yes, but you know yes. what? Renee Michelle was the only one at that point. Um, like, she called me, and she asked me what I was doing. I was in Puerto Rico, you know. Um, at that time, and she asked me what I'm doing, what I what, what what happened. She she hear my story. She believed me of the beginning, and um, I was calling other companies like close the door in my face. Companies like I was working before, you know, and I was wrote to uh, others company too are really famous, and they closed me the door too. Um, I did my tryout 2018 after this happened, and I, I think I did well the first three days, but nothing happened to just her give me the opportunity and she bring me to this company in Japan, Marvelous Pro Wrestling. I was there for another, wow, no, I was there almost like a, a year. <laughs> Renee Michelle, um, sometimes when I was like, you know, in my days, I just call her because she gave me the opportunity. She, when, when she called me first, she told me like, Rosa, I'm for you 24 hours, seven days. 
of the week. And I was bothering her, you know, <laughs> time to talk, you know, because I don't have friends. Like, I talk with Albert. He's my bestie. Um, but sometimes when it's like woman team, we need woman team, yeah. you know? And uh, she helped me a lot for Marvelous Progress in 2000, uh, 2017 to 18. And I think that was awesome. Thank you for Chigusa Nagayo. Chigusa Nagayo is the owner of the company. And she's a great legend in, in Japan. So she got this faith on me. And she gave me that opportunity to be there and, you know, to keep working on it, you know. Um, she doing, a, she was, ah, sorry. Como dice, Shigusa Nagayo, ella hizo como una fundación para recolectar dinero. After they kicked my ass from stardom, um, okay. I would get no money on my pocket because, you know, I, will, I, I wasn't done my contract with stardom. So they just pay me my, the, the days where I'm staying there. The rest, the rest of the contract, like, was canceled, you know, like, so they just give me, what? So they started foundation for that. <laughs> And I need to figure out what to do with it because be, because before I'm going to Japan, I bring back the key of the owner, you know, the apartment where I was living because I, I, I'm supposed to be there, stay like a long, long, like almost like a year in, in, in Stardom company. And then um, I was selling my car. And remember, Japan is a little bit expensive if we want to do more a part of wrestling. So we need to figure out how to maintain your shit you know yeah so um you also have to have money <laughs> for that reason they do the foundation because i had no money <laughs> in my pocket and i need to send my daughter money from japan because you know i need to maintain her i have a family my daughter is my family yo you know and uh you know i was passing like a a, a stroll a little bit but they helped me in that way so to keep going you know so that's the first thanks that I want to give to Renee Michelle and Marvelous Pro Wrestling after that things happen. So thank you so much for the support. And also now I want to say thank you to Mission Pro Wrestling to make this happen. Mission Pro Wrestling to call La Rosa Negra here uh, to Puerto Rico and ask me if I want to be part of them. For me, it was an honor to be part of this movement of women pro wrestling in this business because this means a lot super important movement what they want to do right now about you know women's pro wrestling we want to share more communication between us we want to share more human feelings you know because if not we can work together we can do a great job on the ring if you and me have something felt beside the fucking wrestling and you know how tell me how we're going to work if we have shins between us. You know what I mean? So I think the promoters don't like drama. I think the promoters don't like people who bring them fucking problems. So I want to be outside of that, you know? And, and I'm never like be fighting with my coworkers. I never like be fighting with nobody. I think I don't have no problem besides this problem before in my 17 years in this business. I think um, 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 this, this, that was the first and the last time I'm going to have something shit like that. Well, that is nobody's going to spit my face again. <laughs> but, no, they better you know, not. They better not. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that, 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 that was the first and the last time that I got something, you know, 
happened to me like that. I want to say thank you to, to the Thunder Rosa and Jazz. And also to, I want to say thank you to Thunder Rosa, to Jazz and Medusa. These three girls believe in my talent and believe what can I bring to the fanatics. And uh, that made me feel really proud. During all these 17 years, never ever somebody tell me good things in my face. Never ever in these 17 years, girls like professional like them, professional like Marusa, professional like Jazz, they both was in WWE already. Um, half of Famer, you know, telling to you in your face, girl, you fucking awesome. You, you are this, you are that. And that made me feel whew, amazing. You don't know how I felt. When these girls, after my match with Lacey Ryan for the Champion Belt of Mission Pro Wrestling, that for me was uh, a movie. When You know, when you are in the movie, like you feel that it's not real. <laughs> you know, I was dreaming, really. I was, I was dreaming December 11. I was dreaming, you know. But everything what happened was really, uh, was really cute for me. And the fanaticos they jumping on, you know, they, they start to clap. And I did not expect that reaction of them. I, I was really, <laughs> I want to cry. You know what I mean? At the same time, yes, bitches, get it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so what's a lot of emotions at the same time? So, so, so what can I tell you? I'm passing good time right now. Thank you for everything. And wow, Duke, don't make me blush. Hey Duke, if, if you don't mind, I just want to touch on that from another perspective, I guess you could say, just as a friend of La Rosa Negra, not a fan of wrestling, not of any of that nonsense, but it's more so as a, f a friend of hers, when the incident happened up until this moment, there's been a change from night to day. Uh, when you talk about somebody who's passionate about professional wrestling, there is absolutely nobody on this planet more passionate than La Rosa Negra. There's nobody. I dare you to find them. Bring them to me. It's not going to happen. Day, I don't I don't want the fans to think that this is a sob story. I don't want the fans to think that she's reaching out for sympathy. She just wants to show the world that if you believe in something, if you chase in something, you will Go get ahead. it. It doesn't Go matter what it. happens. Yeah. And if I can, I really haven't had too much interaction with Mission Pro Wrestling, but if I can thank them as a friend of La Rosa Negras to see her in this spotlight, it's not only well-deserved, it should have happened years ago. And Mission Pro Wrestling, thank you so much for giving her that opportunity. Yes. Also, thank you all that wrestler, woman wrestler, who wrote me and told me, girl, I got your back up. You know, was a lot of wrestlers who really sent to me message, you know, what this happened this year. So thank you so much to all of them. Folks, if you want to follow La Rosa Negra on social yes. media, whether we're talking Instagram or Twitter, it's La Busadora. L-A-B-U-S-A-D-O-R-A. -A -A. You can find out when all of her next events are coming up. You can see some really cool uh, photos and dancing, dancing, yeah. dancing. <laughs> yes, and you know what? Share it with your friends, too, because That's I want right. to have more than 10 followers, more than 20, more than 30,000 followers. And I have right now just three. So go ahead <laughs> Yes. and follow me. Share it. Start to be my fan now and forward. Thank you so much. And now you're going to see him forward how La Rosanera kick ass keep the champion belt in my waist. All right. And then if you can't really understand me, I will have an arbor beside me telling you guys what the fuck I'm telling you. Okay. 
So I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely be there, Duke. Uh, if I can tell you something, man, thank you so much for having her on. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of this. Uh, it's been an absolute privilege. I'm a fan of yours now moving forward. I look forward to your next podcast. But as far as La Rosa Negra, the world is at her feet now. She's in control of her journey. And uh, we're only going to do some really incredible things in 2021. Yeah. And also, Duke, we can figure it out. And, and I will show you how to twerk. Mm. Hi, this is Earl Oliver from Sully Finish Wrestling. This is Raj Geary with WrestlingInc.com. This is Sean Reed, boxing writer and undercover low-key wrestling fan. And you're listening to Duke Love Wrestling. Woo! You know, folks, there's no way I could do the final episode of Duke Loves Wrestling in 2020 without bringing on one of our favorite guests, literally a great friend of the show and a guy that uh, keeps me in line, all right? If I step out of line, Luca Brazzi sleeps with the fishies, so I got to be careful here. <laughs> Without further ado, welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast. Our guy, Big Vito LaGrazzo. What's going on there, Vito? Hey, everybody. I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas. I hope everybody is going to have a happy new year. It's the B-I-G-V from the L-O-G coming to you live, baby, live, right here at the Duke of Wrestling. What a way to end the year off of Duke of Wrestling with the man who gets ratings, Vito LaGrasso. Duke. How was your Christmas? You know, my Christmas was fantastic, Vito. And, and in fact, it was made even better because I got an amazing Christmas card from two great friends of mine. Uh, you know, this lovely, lovely lady with purple hair and then some, some bald-headed guy that she hangs out with. But uh, it was very nice. It was very nice. I'm so happy. You know, your mother sent me an 8 by 10 of a best swimsuit photo. I was very pleased with it. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, Vito, listen to this guy here, you know, and listen, I'm going to peel the curtain back for a second. Folks, we all know that this is an audio show, but of course, big Vito Lagrazo, he calls in, he's got his video on, he's wearing his fancy $10,000 robe, his, his eyebrows are perfectly plucked. I mean, what is, what's going on with this guy? He's moisturized, his head is glistening. I mean, come on, Vito, what's, what's going on here? Listen, when you live that Versace lifestyle, you got to, you know, you represent. And I wore my silk Versace robe. <laughs> you know, you said video. I didn't know we were, I pressed the wrong button, you know, because I have so many things here on the desk, you know, in my luxurious office that I figured, you know, you know, let me give you a thrill. Let, let you see the B.I.G.V. from the L.O.G. and his lifestyle, you know, compliments of the country club. But um, hey, he turned it off. Right away, people, because I had a feeling his mom was in the room or his wife was there. And he's there, he, you know, he wants to keep things in check. You know, I understand it. I understand it. This guy, you know what? There's nothing too big for the, uh, the champion of Nepal. So I, I'll just uh, tip my hat to you there, champ, <laughs> which is so... I appreciate it. I appreciate <laughs> it. Hey, did you happen to see... Uh, my lovely wife pointed out something on Instagram that a fan put together about Vito LaGrasso in a dress and all these compliments were coming in and people thanking me for doing the dress. And this has been going on all day. 
You know, I did see that, and and I guess you still got it there, <laughs> Vito, even in a dress. But you know, more people are more interested in this this photo of you, Nyla Rose, and Vicky Guerrero. So I'm just going to jump right into this because you got the rumor mill buzzing here. Uh, is there something going on between the three of you? I mean, is this is this kind of like a Vito's harem or something like that? What's going on here? I think that if I had the chance to be paired with those two, the storylines we could do and the TV audience that we would be able to grab would be phenomenal TV, must-see TV between the three of us because you have Nyla Rose and, you know, her agenda and what she represents. You have Vicky Guerrero, who's, you know, notorious for the woman that she is. And then you have myself for the being the toughest man to wear a dress and be comfortable with himself. So you have three different personalities who all in some funny way all click and make sense. That would be a group to watch on TV. Well, I, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that Vicky and Nyla are listening to the show. Uh, if you want to get in touch with Vito, let me know. I'll pass his number along to you there. But um no, yeah, a lot of really people are buzzing about no, this. I'm friends with Vicky Guerrero and uh, the Nyla Rose character and what she represents. And I believe she was nominated for an award today. So, I mean, congratulations to her and for what she represents in life and being able to step out of the box and be you. I mean, doing what she's doing in wrestling, I mean, a lot of people, you know, have a lot of things to say, right? And I was ahead of my time when I did the dress gimmick because I lived it. You know, people had their doubts or people had their say of what I was or what I was doing. But I didn't care. I lived it. And when you could step out and be yourself, it takes, it takes great courage. And what you're showing to people is that no matter what in life, you got to be you and you got to do you. Vicky Guerrero, you know, as the character and the person that she is in life and the character she portrays on TV, whether she comes out in a swimsuit or she comes, goes behind the scenes, she's a beautiful person all the way through, in and out. And I think between the three of us, if we were actually to get together on TV, that would be must-see TV. It would give the people a different flavor. And I think it would be, it would be awesome. You know, Vito, I wonder about you on this one here because, first and foremost, no one's ever going to walk up to Vito Lagrazo to his face and, uh, you know, mouth off or, or, or tell you that you're not a guy that could beat the hell out of the majority of the room, if not everybody in the room. You are, are somebody who, when people see you, you're a big, scary guy. They know you can kick their ass. And there could be misconceptions about somebody that looks like you and somebody that comes from your background and what have you, yet you are literally one of the most accepting and, and nicest people that I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. Where does that come from? This, this whole thing of you uh, being accepting of others. I mean, you have friends that are from all different walks of life and races and sexual preferences and genders and the whole nine yards there. Where does this, this accepting uh, nature of yours come from, Vito? I guess it has to do with how you're brought up in life. I mean, I was a loving kid. I did not like to fight. I did not like to get mad. You know, I I, I just wanted to be liked and loved. My, you know, my mother and father, my mother was the 
I wouldn't say the good. I mean, they both were bad cops, but one had to be a little bit better than the other. But my mother was a loving person and did for everybody and was loved in the neighborhood. And she, you know, participated in activities and worked with the church. And, you know, when we and my brothers wanted to play basketball, you know, and I, I told Artie Mattia, he was like starting me off in basketball. He says, uh, he said, Vito, you and your brothers want to play? I, says, I said, we'd like to, but I don't think we can afford it. You know, we don't have any money. He says, have your mom come talk to me. Gave her a job working a concession stand at the, at St. A's, St. Athanasius in Brooklyn. The biggest thrills for us was her watching her boys play ball. You know, that was our bond, you know, playing sports and coming to games and doing stuff. And, uh, you know, when you, when you brought up like that and like the day my mother passed away, you talk about a church. There had to be 3,000 people in that church. It was filled with people coming to visit, you know, pay their respects to my mother at her funeral. And I lied to you not, that place was packed, packed that day in St. Athanasius. Saddest day of our lives and Father, Father Anthony was given the eulogy and, you know, they said there's nothing more important in her life than her three sons, which was the truth. We sat there and I looked around. I remember like it was yesterday, I look around and every pew, every person, there was not a, a spot to stand in that. And that was, now that's a big church. There had to be, it was almost two to 3,000 people in that church. So that says a lot about the human being my mother was. And I, you know, for whatever reason, so, you know, I took up after her in that way, you know. But when it came time to take care of business, stick up for your family and stick up for who you love in life, I took after my father, you know. So I had the big heart, but I had a big set of balls too. And my, There's nobody better than my father I had a big set of balls and he had a big set, you know. And he... I mean, that's the truth. I still, I still today, as a grown man, I still look after my brothers, no matter what. And I still look after the family from afar. And uh, it's something to be said for, you know, you know, following tradition and how you're brought up. And that's the truth, people. Sometimes those, those traits never leave you and they never left me. You're a prime example of being a tough guy and being somebody who can handle themselves and, and stick up for what's right, that doesn't mean that you need to be a jerk or to discredit or mistreat others. Uh, you, can, you can be kind and be good to people and still be a tough guy. And I think that a lot of folks, they miss that concept. They miss that, um, that notion and they feel like they have to be a jerk or they have to be mean or they have to be rude in order to, to, to give off this perception of being tough. When in fact, you know, you can be all of all of the uh, the good parts and still be the the tough part at the same time. So kudos to you there, Vito. Listen, no, you know, I, we're we're I dealing. greatly appreciate the compliment, and I'm glad you brought that up because you know what, I've learned to be accepting. And if you make a mistake in life, everybody makes mistakes. You can crucify somebody for making a mistake. Of course not. You know, you just. You know, you just say, eh, you know, you leave it up. But my motto in life and with my wife and my family, you're going to be cool with me, you welcome in my house. If you're not going to be cool with me, stay away from me. Can't beat that. Can't no, beat that can't. at all. You know, we're all mourning the loss of um, a, a very popular, very wonderful wrestler 
guy that was uh, formerly known as Luke Harper in the WWE, uh, but he went by the name Brody Lee out there, not only on the indies, but also in uh, AEW. I'm not sure. Vito, did you ever have any interactions with Brody Lee at all? Did you know him at all? I did not know this young man. And first and foremost, I want to start this off by saying my condolences to his family, his children. Um, I have to say, I have never been more happily surprised at all the kind things that people have to say about this man and the way he carried himself and the way he cared about his family. Talk about upbringing and talk about being somebody who's in the wrestling business and, you know, you have to be tough and you have to be this and you have to be that. But first and foremost, what you hear is a good family man. He loved his wife, loved his kids. Always nice, always a smile on his face, always a hug and a loving person. So on that note alone, you know, it would have been an honor for me to know him. I probably would have liked to have been best friends with him. He sounds like my type of guy. Definitely sounds like your type of guy. And, and you know, he's an East Coast guy. He grew up not too far from you in that sense there. So, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. In fact, I think he had like a, a New Jersey accent. Uh, if you ever heard him speak outside of wrestling there, which is kind of interesting. Um, but, you know, Vito, I, I wonder about this. We, as you said, we see the outpouring of love and support from the entire wrestling community, wrestlers and promoters and fans all alike, which is just wonderful to see. We do also see coverage in which there's some speculation and some questions regarding exactly what happened here that caused this seemingly healthy 41-year-old athlete, not just a man, not just a, not just a regular athlete, but somebody whose job primarily is to be in top cardio shape, to be on TV week in and week out. For this person to just suddenly die uh, of, of lung complications, as listed by his, his wife, uh, who, who went out of her way to say that it, it was non-COVID related, it does make people wonder, okay, well, how is that possible? So my question to you here, Vito, from the beginning, because you're a guy, you're in the wrestling fraternity, you, you've been in the business over 20 years, like 30 years, um, and you're a guy that lives down there in Florida as well. So you're pretty close to the action from a general standpoint. Is it too soon to start asking questions about what the hell really happened here with this poor guy? Well, I'm going to give an opinion, and this is done as a journalist and analyst. And I saw this. This was reported by Dave Meltzer, who usually everybody gets on top of because he gives false, false information. But Duke actually followed through with this and looked at this. If I'm not correct, Duke, and you checked it out for yourself, am I right? that he was in the hospital for two months. Yeah, yeah, that's that shaked out. That's true. Okay. Two months in the hospital with lung complications. We are going through a rough time with COVID-19. Now, this is respecting his wife and her wishes. This is not going against her code or saying anything derogatory to their family talking about this as a, as a sports journalist and analyst and a person who follows wrestling 
We live in Florida. I live in Florida and the COVID numbers are sky high here. Since day one, they have not shut down the state of Florida. It became essential for wrestling after a 17 or $18 million donation by the McMahons to the Trump administration for wrestling to be essential. Were all the protocols followed at the WWE? Well, we've come to find that there wasn't and people got sick of COVID. This in turn gave the AEW a chance to run its business. Now, they have the, uh, had the opportunity to practice safe COVID measures. We didn't get the um, TikTok videos of Nia Jack um, with no mask and her doing her TikTok, so we knew they weren't following protocol. We never seen that at AEW, which was awesome. They did their best to protect their wrestlers from what I understand, and they do follow the protocol as best to their capabilities as possible. But as you see in sports, as in football, listen, we lost all four of our quarterbacks. We don't have no wide receivers. Listen, the game has got to be played. Go find somebody to play these things. They knock people out of the box and they put them on the shelf. Basketball, they put them in a bubble. If you're out partying like James Harden and you go to strip clubs, no mask, he still has the ramifications that he's dealing with because of this. It's a very serious thing. COVID-19 has affected a lot of people in hospitals, in assisted living. It's a very real thing. Many people have passed away from it with complications from breathing and other things. The fact that um, this young man passed away and he had lung issues, you can only speculate without getting an affirmative yes, it was, that it had something to do with being around people at the facility at AEW because he was a 100% on hands, full-time wrestler around a bunch of other individuals, which you don't know where they were going or who they were in contact with because it's impossible to keep track of. But you'd say that they followed the protocol. We don't know. So you take hindsight. Now, nobody ever said he had a lung issue while he was in the WWE. Nobody ever said he had, there was even a rumor that he had lung cancer, which I doubt like he had it in WWE because nobody reported he was sick. Then he comes to AEW, which is not, nothing against AEW because I will say this, Tony Khan did the greatest thing by letting the fans know on, on Twitter that he had passed. I am sure that he is stuck by that family and AEW family took care of this man's family and did the right thing. And they did it in an honorable way. Kudos to the AEW family for protecting this man and his privacy. I stress that very highly, privacy, because your private life is your private life and people like to assume things. They like to take pictures of you and mock you. There's no privacy when you're a professional athlete. Everybody think it's a fun and a ha-ha when it can be detrimental to your career 
let alone your health. Now, speculation. When Dave Meltzer posted this and I seen it, I was like, wow, he was in a hospital for two months. How sad. Because here's a guy bigger than life. You know, he, you know, he's doing his gimmick. He's got a great following. Everything is going good. And then you see this, okay, for this to come all of a sudden, especially during this time when we're trying to wear masks and protect ourselves, this happens. You could only assume, not me, but in perception terms, you assume. What do you think about that? You would say, good chance, his wife who, like I said, you know, much respect to her and their family for doing this the way they're doing it. And this is not to pry into their private lives. She said it wasn't due to COVID. Okay, take her out of word. That's not a problem. And I'm not going to say she's a liar or anything else. But that's not right. But from the outside looking in and looking at the big picture of a wrestling company and what we're going through and everything that's happening, you know, you can only imagine what could be going on behind closed doors. And I'm being as diplomatic and as much of a gentleman speaking here, because this is tender people. This is close to the heart. This is not anybody printing anything that would, you know, make you look bad, right? You're only giving the a roundabout way how to say this as politely with as much condolence to their family and the AEW people and the WWE people who have been around this young man to protect his legacy. I would hope that there was something natural that happened and he did everything possible to protect himself before his passing. Now, Duke, am I saying this in the most professional way you probably could say it? People like to throw stones, but in this manner, it's like a 50-50 on what you do and whose toes do you step on? Duke, go ahead. Give me, let me hear you. Well, no, I, I think you're being very diplomatic and measured, Vito, which that, that's respectful. And, you know, that's who you are. So I, I appreciate that. I'll, I'll say that there's no right or wrong answer here. I think that on one hand, as you said, you want to be respectful of the family they put out the information that they put out and they asked for privacy beyond that. On the other hand, we're dealing with a global pandemic and in the, in the United States of America, Florida is like ground zero with, with the amount of cases and the deaths and the things going on. And it's pretty difficult for me to wrap my head around the fact that AEW uh, reported on an outbreak that they had back in August where multiple members of their staff had tested positive. Right. Right. Um, and this was late August. This is like in the 20s, 24th or something around that time. And then when you read Meltzer's report about um, Brody being in the hospital in, in October, it's only a couple of weeks later, essentially, that he ended up in the hospital with the, with the lung issues. So it's really not much of a leap to at least assume that one is related to the other. Now, hey, look. It could be that 1% chance in life that something freak happened to this poor guy, and it is the way that they say it is. But unfortunately, we have a situation in which we've got guys like Chris Jericho, who goes off and he's doing concerts in Sturges, and he was just at a concert the other, you know, about a week ago, 
with a bunch of people on top of each other. And if you look at the pictures from the concerts, no one's wearing masks. This guy is out on TV every week. He's in the ring every week. He's holding a microphone every week. So you have his peers who are exposed to whatever he's bringing with him. Not accusing Jericho of anything, but I'm just saying it looks a little irresponsible. And for the company itself to allow things like that to happen, from my perspective, and I'm only speaking for me, it looks a little irresponsible. So now when I back up for a second and I think about how a 41-year-old healthy grown man whose job it is to have great cardio, not good cardio, not okay cardio, great cardio, because he's literally doing a cardio exercise every single week on TV where he's being judged every single week on TV. So you know he's training and he's keeping himself up. For a guy like that to just fall out over a lung issue, I, I just I have a hard time wrapping my head around it. I don't understand it. That doesn't I don't know anything. I'm just trying to process. So I'm just putting that out there on a personal level that it's not adding up. And I think that it's okay to say that. And I know some people are gonna have hurt feelings over me saying that out loud. And and you know, you're entitled to your feelings and that's okay. But I'm gonna say it again. It's not adding up. Well, the thing I'm looking at, right, and the thing that was also put out there is that they said to honor him, he won the belt from Kenny Omega. Well, that was his son. That was his, like, eight-year-old son. They had his eight-year-old son pin Kenny Omega during a dark segment at Dynamite and become the quote-unquote AEW champion. It was just a thing for the kid to lift the kid's spirits because his dad it, it must have been at that point. They probably assumed that the guy wasn't going to make it. Yep. No, I, I, uh, I just wanted to, to mention that because, like, I thought that was pretty heroic of AEW to do this for the child and for the family, you know. And um, it's just a, a tough, tough situation to be in and a tough thing to talk about. You know, like when we talk about concussions and we talk about head trauma and we talk about all this, do you know that there are guys on Facebook who are pro wrestlers who say they can't live no more and they've had it or thrown in the towel? And they say this on Facebook, guys. This is not a lie. And I hit these guys up and I let my wife know, hey, so-and-so is in trouble. I try to, And I try to call them. I message them. And a lot of these guys I don't know personally, but I know of them because they were before my time and I didn't happen to cross paths, but they know me. And I look out for everybody and I say, hey, this guy's in trouble. Let's see if we can get a message to him. Or I think you see me put out something about an individual. Hey, you guys see this guy on Facebook. Everybody, please hit him up. He's got uh, bad thoughts or I don't forget how I phrased it. Or, you know, but I made everybody aware that, you know, check up on them. And I've done that a few times. And, uh, you know, when you see this and, and you see the ongoing concussions and you see the trauma that it brings, there's even another guy who had a concussion who st a year later is still throwing up, still having headaches, still spinning out. That's, that's pretty serious. And when you get these, these concussions and, and it rocks you like this, there's no recovering from you. You're on shaky ground. 
can't even walk straight, can't think straight, can't go to the bathroom. And if your stomach is always up in knots and your head is, is you know, and you got to constantly dig down, what kind of life is that? That's not good. That's why the fight for health care and taking precautions and me getting angry when you see guys knocked out in a ring and the spots still keep going on infuriate me to no end. And when you see me get on a certain company or a wrestler, or when I call them all marks in the ring for constantly going through with the match and not giving a shit about their fellow man, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. 100% Vito. And, and look, you're a guy that's always been straight up about your feelings and all this stuff. And you make no bones about it. That's part of the reason why so many have worked so hard to try to silence you because you're a guy that just speaks up. But when you do, it's always on behalf of the, of the, the ladies and the gentlemen, the, the, the boys and the girls. It's never self-serving. It's always the, the, the greater population. So I, I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, just about some other things that you do to help others out there in general. Hey, Duke, you know, we, we talked about, the, the, you know, the climax of your podcast, which is pretty popular, and you get run down quite a bit because of what you say and how you deliver things, right? Now, tell the people, are, are we, are we, I know we're on a bunch of networks, uh, like with your affiliate, how many people listen to this? It is. It's quite a bit. It's quite a bit. It's it's quite a bit. And, and I appreciate everybody out there listening to the show and doing that because let me tell you, especially when Vito comes on the show, the numbers go through the roof. No two ways about it. And you know what that makes it, guys? It makes it awareness. And when I'm on the show and people come on to listen, they're getting educated. They're getting entertained. It's not some BS kind of stuff where you have to listen to where it's just 100% wrestling where you're burying something. Hey, Duke and I are not vying for jobs. We're not doing anything to put people over. We're not, hey, we call like we see it. If I think it's good... Hey, it's awesome. If I think it's the shits, I'm going to say it. You know, the thing with uh, Nyla Rose and, and, and Vicky Guerrero and myself and Address, that would be awesome TV. Would I like an opportunity to work with those two young ladies? Of course I would, because it would make good because the connection is there. And we don't have anything like that on TV today. The marketing and the angles you could run and the storylines and what you could do with it, it would be like reinventing the Mamelukes and doing the vignettes where everybody watched week after week. You know, not only just that, but going into maybe um, the real world as a group representing the AEW and what they stand for and what this young lady stands for here and going to speak in front of people not to be afraid to be who you want to be. You, you don't have too much of that, you know, you, and you want that. You want that kind of publicity in the community to be able to do this. People say, well, they're not pushing her enough and they're not doing this. And maybe if she was in WWE, they would wait to do it and then push her for a time. It's not about titles. It's not about, it's making awareness, guys. And if you are out there and you are a character, it is your job to get your character over not the companies. And if you could bring awareness to what you're doing while you have that three or four minutes on TV, you are doing your job and the awareness will come to you and you will get more and more TV time. For sure. You hit it right on the head there, Vito. I, I want to ask you something though. 
here we are, you know, 2020, we're wrapping up here, New Year's. So what can we expect in 2021 from the Big Vito brand? 2021 in the Big Vito brand land. Well, we could have a surprise in wrestling, guys. It's, it's out there. It definitely is out there. I'm not saying... I'm not saying it's the WWE or it's AEW or it's Impact. or anything. It's out there. There will be something happening in 2021 where I will make a return to wrestling in some capacity. And I think everybody's going to be shocked in a good way, in a happy way. And if I be able to get some closure on some things for my own well-being and, and mind, I would be very pleased with that. And I say closure. I didn't close things the way I wanted to. I closed things because of, first off, my wife being sick, don't, you don't leave your wingman, right? Not even for the best of jobs or the best of wrestling. You don't leave your wingman. I learned that lesson a long time ago. And number two, for own personal reasons, but through it, you know, my 100%, nobody's ever 100%. Nobody's ever as good as new. But time off and are you doing what you're supposed to? If Daniel Bryan can come back with all the seizures he had on live TV, why can't the BIGV from the LOG come back too? Yeah, I think that's breaking news there. Big Vito Lagrazo announcing that 2021, he is going to make a return to pro wrestling. Where is it going to be? Uh-oh, this, this could be the big speculation now. We might have to put up a poll. Where do you think Big Vito Lagrazo is going to end up in 2021? It's not a question of if. It's a question of where and when. But we know 2021, baby, is going to be a big year there. Listen, Vito, on behalf of all of the listeners of Duke Loves Wrestling, I want to say to you and your wonderful wife, thank you for your friendship. Thank you for being great guests on the show and always providing some excellent expert analysis and, and perspective on things. And, you know, I'm going to remain on your good side here because I don't want any problems, but I am going to tell you again, I will give your wife a Harley race briefcase and tell her, take the money. If you keep flirting with my mom, I'm just going to put that out there, Vito. Listen, your mom loves me. She's already on my DMs, okay? So just, like, check yourself and go to bed at 9 o'clock like you're supposed to, young man, okay? And let the adults have adult time. We appreciate it. But in closing, I would like to thank the Duke of Wrestling for giving me the opportunity to speak on behalf of myself, the Big Vito brand, Noel Harlow, and represent myself in the wrestling community on your brand and network. I also thank you for your friendship because a lot of people think like, you know, we just talk and we have our conversations once a week. We are involved in each other's lives on a personal level, talk about different things. And it's good to know, like if I need something, I can make a phone call or vice versa. Everybody needs a friend in this life. So thank you, Duke, for that. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, I hope next year for you and your brand, you evolve into something greater. And I hope big things happen for you as well. 
This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.